Thanks as always for having me on, Kevin. I am the Skipper Dude, proud Broncos fan since 1984. So today, surprise, surprise, we're going to take a look at some storylines from the first week of camp. Honestly, it wasn't a super notable week, which is actually a good thing. Your big headlines this time of year tend to be with contract holdouts and major injuries. So outside of Todd Davis being out for several weeks, no news has been good news on that front. So my first observation for this week, plus of camp, has to do with Drew Locke. I think it was last week that I said Drew Locke was my number one storyline to watch this camp because long term, he's likely to have the biggest impact on the Denver Broncos' success of any player currently in camp. And that even includes Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. And it's very clear from reading MHR and other Bronco discussion sites that fans are still feeling the sting of the Paxton Lynch debacle. But, but really, I can't see how the first week plus of camp has been much less than our best case scenario. Drew Locke's footwork looks vastly improved over last year. He seems to be starting to pick up Scangarello's offense, and he's flashing that monster skill set of his. I said last week that if he could just have a practice or two, perhaps a preseason game, where he looks like the next coming of John Elway, then that's about as much as we can ask out of him this season. I don't think we're quite there yet, but we certainly seem to be on that path. Which brings me to my second observation. Last Friday, I think it was, Vic Fangio came out in the media and basically called Drew Locke out as being like a baseball pitcher with a great arm, but who has yet learned to pitch. And when that quote hit the social media, I decided to see how your more casual Bronco fans were handling the news. It was actually pretty gloomy with folks criticizing Fangio for calling out a player publicly. Now, I'm reading these quotes and I'm thinking, no, 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 no. First of all, get used to some of that because that's who we've hired with Vic Fangio, a guy who's going to speak his mind in basically every situation. But more importantly, Vic Fangio didn't call out Drew Locke to embarrass him. He did it to send a very clear message to Bronco country. We do not have a quarterback controversy. I don't care how good Drew Locke looks in camp. And personally, I'm glad he did it. Joe Flacco went out and threw three interceptions the next day on Saturday. The last thing Fangio and Scangarello and the Broncos offense need right now is for the fan base to get restless and start calling for Drew Locke. Fangio, I think, did a great job of nipping that sentiment in the bud. If anything, I think Drew Locke is working toward putting to rest any doubts about the number two quarterback job. Kevin Hogan is basically just a placeholder at this point, and I'm sure he knows it. That number two job is locks to lose, and he's showing every sign of being up to the task. Which brings me to my third observation. Does Joe Flacco realistically have a leash at all in 2019? I mean, I think it's pretty reasonable that if the Broncos are out of the playoff chase by November or December, you'll see Fangio and Scangarello end the Joe Flacco experiment and get ready for the 2020 season. That's pretty much a given. But can Joe Flacco play badly enough before the Broncos are out of contention to lose his job, presumably to Drew Locke? I've been on record as saying no, and I'm still basically of that opinion, but not as entirely as I once was. Clearly, Flacco, if Flacco has a bad quarter or a bad half, he's not going to be going to lose his job. If he plays atrociously and causes the Broncos to lose six straight games, on the other hand, then certainly Fangio needs to make a move, right? So there is a leash, at least theoretically. It's just a matter of how long the leash is. Personally, I'm thinking the leash is probably about four or five games long, meaning that 
four very bad games from Flacco in a short period, maybe four out of six, then you at least have to think about making a move. Realistically, the continued development of Drew Locke will determine whether the leash is more like four games or five games. I, I don't really see it getting pushed down to three even. Personally, I think Flacco is going to thrive in this Scangarello offense, which probably doesn't make him anything better than a league average quarterback, mind you. But this season, we would definitely take league average quarterback play. And speaking of thriving in the Scangarello offense, that brings me forward to my fourth point, which is Noah Fant. About a month ago, I gave a hot take here on Broncos and Bratwurst that it was going to be a long, hot summer for Noah Fant. And I think that's pretty well borne out to be true. We all know he's a monster physical talent with a potentially great future. In fact, I know Kevin is, ex is especially sanguine about his, his potential impact this year. And, and for me, I do see that, that big-time impact in years ahead. I'm just not sold that he's going to be ready for it this year. And, and you know, he's, he seems to be a good, hardworking, smart kid. But based on his college profile and his scouting report and what we're seeing in camp, he comes across, to me at least, as a young man with some mental stamina issues, which basically means that I think he tends to wear down mentally at times, which leads to sloppy route running, taking plays off, and, of course, drop passes. My, my thought was that these mental breakdowns were going to drive Vic Fangio absolutely nuts, and he was going to be particularly rough on Fant. And it's possible that that's happening behind the scenes because Fangio isn't really a guy who's going to verbally undress players during a public practice. But what surprised me a bit is that apparently it's the other players who have been riding Fant and giving him the tough love that he seems to need to step up his mental game to the NFL level. I honestly didn't see that coming, which speaks fairly well to the chemistry, the leadership, and the accountability that appears to be starting to develop in the locker room. Now, speaking of leadership and accountability among players, that brings me to my fifth and final observation of camp this week, and that is the lack of fighting skirmishes so far in camp, especially in the trenches. We got our first good one on, on Wednesday of this week when Derek Wolf got into it with Connor McGovern and ended up launching McGovern's hel helmet downfield. But things have been quiet on that front overall. And in fact, afterwards, I think it was Wolf who said that the two have just laughed it off afterward, and it really meant nothing. So, so as I was pondering the upcoming camp a few weeks ago, I was thinking about wild guys like, like Garrett Bowles and Dalton Reisner and Andy Janovich on offense. I wasn't even thinking about McGovern. And then Wolf and Shelby Harris and Adam Gotsis on defense. And I was definitely seeing the potential for fur flying, especially in weeks like last week when it got so hot out. And historically, I've always gotten a bit of a charge out of these fights and, and looked at them as a good thing. I mean, doesn't that tell us that these guys are giving it their all? They're playing with heart and emotion. They're leaving it all on the field. I pondered that this past week, and honestly, I'm second-guessing that sentiment. I really don't think it's true. In past Broncos and Broadway's broadcasts, I've talked about my own experiences with Vic Fangio-type coaches, and I'm not going to rehash those. But, but what I remember from those days is that at least one of those coaches, he wanted me to play angry. He wanted me playing with more aggression and passion, and he was good at pushing my buttons and making me angry. But you know what? When I would get angry, it was always with him, and it was always with myself. I never got angry with my teammates. 
They were always family, and many of them were dealing with similar anger-oriented issues. But in my mind, that's a big part of what a great head coach and a great coaching staff does. They take that anger and emotion, which is necessary to a certain extent, to push a player to greatness, especially in your power-type positions along the line, and channel it. When, when a player is channeling that anger into fighting his teammate, the head coach is doing a lousy job on that front. Players need to channel their anger in a way that is going to create a perfect pinnacle of body, mind, and spirit on game day. To the extent they're not channeling against the coach, they should be channeling against themselves. And of course, the coach is combining that anger with more th important things like discipline, precision, and perfection of the playbook and whatnot. But, but when it's done right, it creates great focus right at those moments when you most need it. Players are going to get into that fourth quarter situation where you need a stop or you need a touchdown to win a game. And if the head coach has done his, his job right, every player is focused on taking care of his business. And when a coach achieves that, he's typically going to achieve success. So as an example, let's say Cortland Sutton breaks into a route, you know, late in the fourth quarter, and he knows with confidence that Juwan James and Connor McGovern and Philip Lindsay and, of course, Joe Flacco are going to take care of their business and that Scangarello's play calling is taking care of his business. And instead of having to be a hero, he just has to do his job. Once the coaching staff achieves that, good things are going to happen. This is the kind of harmony that the Broncos absolutely didn't have under Vance Joseph. And it's kind of the kind of harmony I see the Broncos headed toward, although it's going to take a couple of seasons before I think we'll see it in full bloom. But I do believe that the lack of skirmishes among the linemen in camp so far is a nice sign that things are heading in that good direction. Kevin, back to you.